0: Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host,
1: Pete Mikaitis.
0: Hello, and thanks so much for joining us here for episode 356 with Jeffrey Gittimer. Apologies, I've still got a bit of the cold in my voice, but Jeffrey Gittimer will fortunately be doing most of the talking. And he's talking about the early writings of Napoleon Hill. If you have not yet heard of this legendary personal development person, well, Jeffrey's going to introduce you to him and and why he matters. You'll learn, one, why Napoleon Hill is still worth listening to 100 years later. Two, the number one thing people don't do that will benefit them. And three, the five most important words in the English language, according to Napoleon Hill. So if you want to check out the show notes, the transcript, or the links to items we've referenced, you'll find them over at awesomeatyourjob.com slash 356 Now here's Jeffrey's story. Jeffrey Gittimer is the New York Times bestselling author of some 15 books on personal development, attitude, and sales, including The Sales Bible, The Little Gold Book of Yes Attitude, 21.5 Unbreakable Laws of Selling, and award-winning The Little Red Book of Selling, which has sold more than 5 billion copies worldwide and is cited in the 100 best business books of all time. Widely known as the king of sales, Gittimer is a dynamic keynote speaker whose social media footprint reaches millions. He is based in Charlotte, North Carolina. Big thanks to Jeffrey for sharing his wisdom with us. And big thanks to our sponsors. Check them out. Here is Jeffrey. Jeffrey, thanks so much for joining us here on the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast.
1: It is my pleasure.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, mine too, and uh, I want to get us started by orienting a little bit. You have the title or nickname, The, the King of Sales. How that's a great
1: orientation beginning. How did that come about? That'll, that'll make everyone angry. <laughs> I grew up in a business household. My father was a businessman. My grandfather was a businessman, and I define them as non-entrepreneurs because it's from a lineage of business people. An entrepreneur is somebody whose dad worked for General Electric for 40 years and his mom is a teacher and he bought a franchise. And that's how I look at entrepreneurship. But I started my own businesses at the age of 21 and I began cold calling in Manhattan and I made very large sales, uh, literally millions of dollars worth of sales by either cold calling or by being pre-prepared for a sale. And when I left that, I started to do consulting to companies and I realized that they didn't know how to sell. So I began to teach them my strategies. And then in 1992, I began to write them. I wrote for the Charlotte Business Journal and about 50 other business journals around the country every Friday for about 15 years. And when you do that, you develop what's known as a body of work. And that has been the the fuel for many of the books that I've written. I've written 13 books to date and two more on the way before the end of the year. And it's been a a very hard challenge. I wake up every morning and I write. Yeah. I do what I say and then I go out or talk to companies. I was just in Chicago yesterday uh, giving a talk to leaders and giving a talk to salespeople. And I'll do that probably 20 times between now and the end of 2019 in public and then, yeah. and I do corporate ones as Three well. Months.
0: So there you go. That yeah. Is I'm pretty clever. first. Yeah, well, certainly. Well, I, I'm going to, we're going to talk about your, your latest truthful living but before we get there. I would love it. So since you have boy, generated and, and, and codified and written and published so much sales wisdom, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I can't let this opportunity slide to, to put you on the spot to ask sure. for If you had to give me your single most critical recommendation or the two, three, or four and a half most critical recommendations for selling more effectively, what would they be?
1: My number one rule of sales is people don't like to be sold, but they love to buy. Mm -hmm. You have never gone to a car dealership to get sold a car. You have never gone to a department store to get sold a suit or a television. You go to buy one. Salespeople don't quite get that. And when you get there, they want to tell you stuff rather than ask you stuff. So people don't like to be sold they love to buy ask before you tell find out why they want to buy before you start to talk about what it is that you do because i may not be interested in it and all things being equal people want to do business with their friends yeah all things being not quite so equal people still want to do business with their friends and Certainly. so the challenge for the salesperson is become friendly and likable and trustworthy before you start those there are my is. yeah i mean it's, it ain't that tough but with the, actually, there's a caveat to this now, because in today's business world, you have to engage people socially, you attract them, then you engage them, and then you connect with them. So I, I try I challenge people to attract with some value message, and then you engage with by, by being real and something that I can actually use, my content. And then I connect with them because you perceive a future value of some kind and are at some point maybe willing to buy something. But don't try to attract me with a sales message. Attract me with something that I want. So I'll give you, for example, if I'm wanting to be on your podcast, I might send you 25 things that people do to have a great podcast. And then a week later, 25 things that people screw up to have a lousy podcast. And then I might call you up and say, would you like to know the five things that I didn't tell you? And if my 25 things were valuable, you'd say, hell yeah. totally." So I didn't, I but if I call you up and if I email you, LinkedIn you, whatever, and say, I'm the greatest guy on the planet. I've, I've written a lot of books and I'm really interesting. I'm a great guy. I think I'd make a great guest for your people. And I think I could create a lot more listeners." You don't give a shit about it. You've heard that from everybody, haven't you? Uh, it's
0: It's true, yes. Many, many messages like that have come yeah. my way.
1: So I would challenge you that, if there's not a perception of value, then there's no real reason to connect. Yeah. I'm not going. I'm not going to buy your television set because you're the cheapest. I'm not going to buy your car because you're the. In fact, when you're the cheapest, it makes me doubt. Mm-hmm. What it, You know why, How could you possibly be five hundred bucks cheaper than somebody else?
0: Yeah, like what's wrong with it? What, what's missing? What am I overlooking?
1: Yeah, or they use the words just. Me? Yeah, they use the words just like. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just like an iPad. Okay, mm-hmm. then I'll I'll take an iPad. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't understand why would you compare yourself to something that's clearly marketed better and branded better. Gotcha.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate uh, uh, no problem getting the the overview of that. And and so now I want to dig into a bit of of the book here. It's called Truthful Living, and you are are featuring some goodies from the classic writer Napoleon Hill. Could you orient those who who don't know who that is? Who is this guy, and, and why is, is his old stuff worthwhile?
1: He has written more words on personal development and achievement and wealth than any other human being on the planet. No kidding. That's, yeah, that's number one. Number two, he wrote his opus, Think and Grow Rich, In it was published in 1937, and the foundation and I have had a relationship for a, more than a decade. They unearthed his earliest writings, his earliest lessons that he gave at the George Washington Institute in Chicago, lesson by lesson in a course called Truthful Advertising. And at the end of each one of the lessons, he had an after the lesson visit with Mr. Hill. And those after the lesson visits were the foundation of Think and Grow Rich. So when I saw what they had, I edited out all of the sales advertising stuff and was left with the fundamental elements of what went into Hill's life's work. And it was phenomenal because it was raw and real, never published, never edited. And I I compiled all of the documentation. And all I did was I added a beginning to each chapter so people could understand what they were about to read. I would occasionally put an annotation in each of the chapter to clarify some of the things because the book is 100 years old. There may be some lexicon clarification that's needed. And then I ended the chapter with a how to put this into your life. All the rest of the words in there are 100% Napoleon Hill authentic. Very cool. Yeah. It's way it was way cool. and And it was a labor of love for me. It took me a couple of years to do. And when it was completed, I knew that this was going to be major. I just knew it. And it's fun for me. I mean, I've been... I've been writing and and publishing books for 25 years. This is by far the best experience I've ever had. Well, that's great to hear. So,
0: well, well then let's hear a little bit about some of the content here. So any any sort of surprises or particularly kind of potent uh, takeaways from Napoleon Hill? I'd say particularly in the context of suggestions that will help professionals be more
1: awesome at their jobs. It starts out with chapter one, success is up to you. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like a warm slap in the face, not a cold slap in the face. Just a warm slap in the face. And then lesson two is finish what you start. Like how obvious can that, no one's going to go, wow, finish what I started. I never heard that before. Mm -hmm. But Hill shows you and tells you the importance of it. Why is it important to become known as someone who finishes what they start? And how does that help build your wealth? Yeah. And in each one of these cases, whether it's chapters like how to think or the value of self-confidence, and then his cool chapters like The Law of Harmonious Attraction. Come on, dude. That's so cool. What he's saying is hang around people that you can get along with well and together you'll achieve more. And he just, And The book just makes sense. And I think that's probably the most eloquent thing that I can say about it. It is an easy book to read and even easier to apply, but it takes work. And my statement has always been most people are not willing to do the hard work that it takes to make success easy.
0: Mm -hmm. And could you give us some examples in terms of some of the hard work that uh, is not done by many folks?
1: Well, I wake up every morning as you do. You have a morning routine, right? Yes. Does it involve writing? No. Does it involve reading? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But think about my morning routine has been the same five things for 25 years. I read, I write, I prepare. One of those three things or all three. And that causes me to do the other two things, think and create. So I'm a thinker and a creator. I'm not an email reader. Yeah. I'm not a news watcher. I'm not a time waster. I'm going to be productive for my first hour of the day. And I don't want to hear whiny people telling me that they have a kid because I have a nine year old Uh every other week. And she gets up at 630. So I better be rolling at 530. And people say, well, I'm not a morning person. Well, there's a reason. Actually, everyone is a morning person, except for the people that drink beer and watch television till two in the morning. <laughs> Those are not morning people. Uh, Those are people that drag their butt out of bed and make some excuse about having a headache or a bad day and blame the weather for their day. And this is a book about taking responsibility, not blaming. Success is up to you. Now, any one of your listeners can get a... Free chapter of the book. We'll send you the URL. I think uh, Nada, do you have the the URL for the free chapter? Uh, we'll get it. I'll, I'll get it to you. You can download a free chapter, the first chapter, which is "Success is up to you." So that any one of your listeners can have access to that information, so they can see for themselves. It's in an ebook. Just put your email address in there. Done. I'll get that to you. To, I'll get that to you later today or first thing tomorrow.
0: Got it. Well, well, So then, I'd be curious to hear, maybe in in your own experience, what were some of the most transformative elements in in this that uh, you found really made a world of difference in terms of you learned it, you latched on,
1: and it did the trick in great. Uh, keep effect. in mind, I've been a student of Napoleon yeah. Hill for forty five years, and not only did I have to edit it, but I had to read it, and then I had to record it, which means I had to read it aloud. Mm-hmm. It was. For me, an additional transformation, it's not going to change your life, but it will supplement everything you do in your life. And when you read, there's a full page quote, ambition is a contagious thing. Okie dokie, how ambitious are you? Because people that have been in the same job for 20 years have lost a lot of their ambition. And he has laws and and words. There's five words that he considers the most important words in the English language imagination, desire, enthusiasm, self-confidence, and concentration. There's a chapter in here called The Magic Key, which later on became a book called The Magic Key by Napoleon Hill 30 years later. And it's all about the word concentration. How well can you focus? They call it mindfulness now. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. but And then he has something which I think is really, really cool. It's called The Five-Point Rule. Can I read it? Oh, sure. Yeah. Success may be had by those who are willing to pay the price, and most of those who crave a $10,000-a-year position now remember it's 100 years ago so that would be about 250,000 bucks in today's money. Yeah, who crave a 10,000-a-year position, especially if they are engaged in business, may realize it if they are willing to pay the price. And the price is eternal vigilance. In the development of self confidence, enthusiasm, working with a chief aim, performing more service than you are paid for, and concentration. With these qualities well developed, you will be sure to succeed. Let's name these qualities the five point rule. Now, think about that. First of all, concentration is in the five most important words and the five point rule. So he is making certain that every reader understands repetition leads to mastery. So he's playing the word concentration as much as he possibly can because, you know, he defines it. Concentration is your contractor and builder, the overseer of the boss carpenter and all the other forces, the purchaser of materials and supplies. In other words, if you're building a house, you need that one person to make sure the focus remains intact And that everything gets built. Otherwise, stuff stands around, people go late for the job, you're missing this, you're missing that. Somebody has to keep everything together. And that's what Hill wants you to do. He wants you to focus in on everything that's important to you. Mm -hmm. That's where we're at. And there's nothing in here where you got to say, oh my gosh, concentration, go back. I never heard that before. No, everything in here has been heardable before. The question is, or the challenge is, how do you put it all together? to be able to turn it into money. And that's what this book does. It creates a game plan for wealth, not just success.
0: Well, I'd love to hear you know, some of these points then in terms of, these are the, the five points. How does one kind of rapidly you know, go about developing uh, each of these, the self-confidence, the enthusiasm, the concentration?
1: Well, the word rapid is a tough word. All right. Because things don't happen like a Domino's pizza delivery. You don't get great success in a day, you become successful day by day. And so the person who's, you know, Jeff, people go, Jeffrey, how'd you do that? I said, well, I, I worked my ass off for 20 years and then all of a sudden I became an overnight success. Mm-hmm. So people don't see the work your ass off part. They only see the success part. Or I'll say, well, I, I've got 112,000 Twitter followers and they say, well, that's easy for you to do. No, I said, no, it's not easy for me to do. I started with one, like everybody else. I have 28,000 LinkedIn connections, 28,000 LinkedIn connections that I started with one in 2008. So I'm relatively late to the game. I fought it for a while and then realized that I could develop a community and help even more people by recording things for YouTube, by going on LinkedIn. And in the book, literally, he'll predict Walmart and Amazon. Yeah. Well, so we'll
0: sort of strike the word rapidly, I guess, from the, the prior question. Yeah. So then what, what are some of the, the optimal practices, activities, behaviors, day by day to, to build up the self-confidence, the enthusiasm, the concentration?
1: Well, if I tell you success is up to you, and then I tell you you have to believe in yourself, and then I tell you that you have to develop self-confidence, those are qualities that happen on a day-by-day basis, especially in sales, when you make sales. You can't always develop that quality if you're in some kind of a, a managerial position because it's very difficult to measure. Sales, you can measure in a heartbeat. Yeah. What'd you do today? $100. What'd you do today? $1,000. What'd you do today? $50,000. It's measurable. And it's further measurable by how many referrals did you get and how many reorders did he get? So I'm I'm pretty confident that as a salesperson, I can measure my own success And when Hill says success is up to you, then you as a person, regardless of what kind of job you're in, you have to determine, write down what it's going to take for you to succeed. Because it may be that you just want to be the best teacher of all time. Okay, great. Can you win the best teacher award this year? That's some indicator that you're on the right path. Because if somebody else wins it, you can't go saying, well, it was political. Did it because of, you know, that sour grapes. Either you're the best or you're second best. And second best doesn't win the prize. There's no participation medal in sales. Gotcha, yeah. So I'm looking at it as it has to be a daily thing. What are you doing every day to be enthusiastic on a a regular basis, to be self-confident on a regular basis, and you practice? You know, if you want to practice being a great communicator, just join Toastmasters to take lessons in what it is that you're trying to achieve, but do it consistently. Right. And what would be the
0: analogous or equivalent uh, lessons or or activities or practices when it comes to the, you know, the enthusiasm and the concentration, for instance?
1: Well, when you wake up in the morning, you have a choice. You can have a crappy day, a good day, or a great day. It is a clear choice. I'm going to have a great day. You tell yourself that in the morning, and then everything you do has some kind of positive response to it. Or you go into your office if if you if you hate your job. Today's the last day. Today's the day you got to quit. What are you miserable for? Well, my boss doesn't. If you have a bad boss, go get another boss. The best part about America is you're free to choose. So I'm free to choose my attitude. I'm and I'm going to read something on attitude every morning to get me going, or I'm going to watch something on attitude every morning to get me going. I'm going to write something about how I feel. I might tweet something. I might, you know, there's all kinds of things that I'll do. I'm going to prepare like I had to prepare yesterday for my seminar in Chicago. And that's going to cause me to think and create. And if I think in the positive, then the answers will be in the positive. The words will be in the positive, And I will create my own outcomes. I'm here to create an outcome for me. And it's a selfish thing. But if I want to be the best dad on the planet, The first thing I have to do is be the best person, right? And otherwise I'm going to have a quote, an attitude about it. Well, I'm curious when you, so are
0: there particular resources that you go to time and time again to have spark the the positive attitude you said, you're going to watch something or read something or look at something.
1: I don't have a consistent resource. I'll read something a hundred years old. I'll write down what I'm thinking about. You know, I have, I have a, a book called the little gold book of yes attitude. There's 220 pages on attitude that I, it took me 60 years to figure out. So I've created a, a book that sold 300, 400,000 copies in America, millions of copies around the world. And I'm happy with that. But if I want more information, then I'll go back and read Samuel Smiles, a paragraph or two or a page or two on character or self-help. Or I'll read something by Orson Sweat Martin, a page or two from Every Man's a King. Or I'll read something by Dale Carnegie on How to Win Friends and Influence People. I go to my library and I can pick out anything I don't go to the library. I have a library. Books are not just for reading they're also for reference yeah so i I have a massive library that I call on, and I'll maybe only read five pages, but it's enough and if you've been doing it for twenty five years and you read five pages a day, you've read a lot of stuff absolutely, yeah, adding up that's why I said day by day. I achieved my positive attitude in nineteen seventy two by listening to Earl Nightingale, The Strangest Secret, watching a movie called Challenge to America by Glenn Turner, and reading one chapter per day of Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich for one year. And there's only 15 chapters in the book. Right?
0: Yeah. Uh, mathematically, yes. Over 20 times then. Bingo.
1: Uh, well, uh, I took the weekends off.
0: Uh, okay. Gotcha.
1: Well, I also want to get
0: your take on one thing about your writing that I've always found intriguing is that in your lists you will have um, a decimal. For example, one of your books, twenty-one point five, Unbreakable yeah. Laws of Selling. Mm-hmm. What's what's your thought process behind this
1: practice? I did consulting early on in Charlotte before I was writing anything, and one of my clients wanted to do a leadership course because he had already been doing time management, and I created a list of things for him. I literally created a speech for him about the qualities of a great leader. And I got to the end of the list and I go, you know, the glue that puts this together is the word commitment. Mm -hmm. So I made it 0.5, 8.5 qualities of a leader. And I showed it to him. I was so enthusiastic. I couldn't stand it about what I'd done. Mm -hmm. And the guy said, I don't like it. I said, okay, I'll, I'll use it myself. (laughs) And if you can you go on Google right now and look at the 8.5 quality of a leader, I, I guarantee it'll pop up someplace because I wrote it. And I've been using 0.5 ever since. I trademarked another 0.5 list from Jeffrey Gittimer. I have been using 0.5 as the glue piece for whatever it is that I'm, I'm trying to put a list together for so that I can tie the whole list together with one point, whether it's as simple as have fun or do the right thing. Or more complex in the case of twenty one point five, or in in the Little Red Book of Selling, twelve point five was resign your position as general manager of the universe. You know you don't have time to manage the world; just manage your own closet and your backyard and your kids and your family.
0: Yeah. So with the trademark the point five, is, I mean I can't make a list with point five? If I'm stepping on your intellectual
1: property. You can, but I will sue you. Oh, will you? No, I, we're but I, now. I I'll call you first and say, <laughs> hey, please remove that. <laughs> Some people violate it. Yeah, look, I can't, I'm not the world's policeman. Uh If they want to do it, that's their karma. But people know me by that and have known me by that since the first thing I wrote.
0: Gotcha. Well, tell me anything else you want to make sure to mention before we shift gears and hear about some of your favorite things.
1: I would, just from a standpoint of the book, I'll just say a couple of things. You can pre-buy it right now. Hey, Jen, is Jen there? What's the URL that I got to send people to? I think it's hillsfirstwritings.com. Okay hillsfirstwritings.com and that will take you to a landing page and that if you enter your email you'll get the first chapter free okay you can stick that in the show notes we'll email to you anyway you might want to consider talking to people about our podcast sell sell or die we have gone daily uh because the pop the the podcast is so popular it's just it's unbelievable and uh, jennifer gluckow and i do it she's my partner and it's engaging and it's fun and you know it's it's not over the top it's it's expletive rated they call it E rated or something I don't you know, if you say what you want to say sometimes the guests are a little bit expletivity and sometimes I'm am but Jennifer never she's a she's a pristine first class uh, New York City babe and but I think that there's an ability for your listeners or your fans to take a, another look at a podcast that I think can affect them if they're in sales or they're in business, because we have really good guests and we, and you can be one of them if you'd like.
0: Oh, I'm honored. Thank you.
1: Uh, yeah. I appreciate that.
0: Cool. Word.
1: We get a lot, a lot of action. We're over a hundred thousand downloads a month now, and we're shooting for the moon. Cool. Well, kudos on rats and yeah, congrats. Thanks. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. luck.
0: Yeah.
1: I think uh, there's another thing in here. Uh, one of the chapters. Luck, luck. Exactly. Uh, you either work hard and create your luck or you are buying a lottery and wanting to win and hoping and scratching your number off and go, oh, crap, I lost again.
0: Yeah. Understood.
1: I don't know why people play the lottery.
0: Well, yeah, it's, it's not a, uh, a great investment in terms of
1: your your ticket. Uh, from what I've seen of it, if you have all your teeth, you can never win. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, that's fun. Well, well, now uh,
0: there's one tidbit I want to share. You're, I, so you know Dan Kennedy, of course I
1: heard. He, I love him, by the way. Yeah, he
0: shared. I, I thought you would.
1: <laughs> he's got. He has brass balls, and he's accurate. <laughs> he uh, he had a
0: great bit. Uh, well, I think it was factual. You know, someone had won uh, the had the winning lottery ticket, mm-hmm. and he was anticipating that everyone was going to start asking him for money. So after he got the winning lottery ticket, he like called up all sorts of friends and family and said, "Hey, I'm in sort of a tight spot. I can't really explain it, but I need to borrow a thousand dollars right away." And so, just about nobody helped him out, right? And so, that the next day, it's announced that he has the winning lottery ticket, and sure enough, he dramatically cut down on his inbound requests for money. Oh, yeah,
1: <laughs> that's incredible. I love that. Yeah, I love uh, that. Cool.
0: Well, so well now, let, let's hear about some of your favorite things. How about a, a favorite quote? Something that you find inspiring.
1: The thing, one of the quotes I wrote is: "People will rain on your parade because they have no parade of their own," mm-hmm. uh, and that is time immemorial, not just in business but in politics. That's number one. That's my my best written quote. Other than people don't like to be sold, but they love to buy. But quotes that I love: "You become what you think about all day long." By Earl Nightingale is probably the best of the personal development quotes that I have ever, ever read. The Zig Ziglar quote of uh, "Make every day as productive as the day before you go on vacation." If you're yeah. looking for a, a productivity mantra, but you know, I I live by quotes. I have thousands of them. Uh, in fact, any of your listeners that want my retweetables book, there's 365 140 character quotes that they can use in a heartbeat. Not just by me, but by lots of people.
0: Sure thing. And how about a favorite study or experiment or a bit of research?
1: I wrote the Patterson Principles of Selling based on the life and times of John Patterson, who is known as the grandfather of salesmanship in America. Because he didn't sell anything. He created pull-through marketing by advertising for women to go demand a receipt when they bought stuff. And the merchant would say, "We don't have a receipt." And then three days later, a cash register sales guy would come by and go, "Do you do you guys need receipts?" Yeah. <laughs> and sold literally sold a million cash registers between 1900 and 1911. And so I'm in I'm in awe of him the same way I'm in awe of Steve Jobs, who created things that we don't know we need and now we can't do without. Yeah. Cool. I mean, he created the redistribution of music. He he created the the laptop that. Everyone tries to to you know uh, I had a t-shirt that said windows ninety five macintosh eighty mm-hmm. five and that was pretty much you know what what the deal was. so I like the innovator, I like the the person who's trying to be first at anything, whether it's uh, uh, whether it's Roger Bannister running the four minute mile or Neil Armstrong being the first guy on the moon, although that's a little controversial as well
0: mm-hmm. and- uh, Cool. And and how about a favorite tool? Something that helps you be awesome at your job?
1: Everybody everybody in our place uses Asana. Uh, We've graduated from Slack, although we still Slack one another. I use Microsoft Word. Uh I love Google Docs because I can share some of my stuff with other people. But when I'm writing myself, I find Word is the most comfortable thing for me to create in. And I use the best tool that I've ever found in my technical life is Dragon for Mac. Uh, the software yeah
0: well i've heard people say that dragon for pc rocks and dragon for mac is just breaks all the time and super annoying and they hate it but you're saying you're loving it it's getting it done it is 100 percent delivered for you
1: uh yes and it's only about 97 percent accurate uh-huh. but i use it and i'm very successful at it and i love it because i'm not a good keyboard person so i have you know my last three books have been done with mac awesome Cool. Well, good to know with the dragon for Mac. Right. And if you like the subtlety of it, I think it's very important to understand this as a writer. If I'm talking into the screen and it's taking my words and I take a few minutes to edit it when I'm done, I don't have to think about anything with my fingers. Yeah. I don't have to think where the P key is, where the return key is none of that. Hmm. I'm concentrating on my words, not on the keyboard. And that's a significant part when you're writing with stream of conscious. Mm -hmm.
0: And as I'm thinking about it, you even have the ability to jot down a quick note. It's like, ooh, I'm saying one idea and I've already got another. And so I'm going to write that down and that's going to be there for me next. Egg, exactly. That's cool. Well,
1: thank you. And how about a favorite habit? I think my favorite habit is probably hanging out with my family. Right on. Yeah, that's my... That's the best habit I could get, whether it's having uh, my, my fiance and I are going to have dinner tonight that she doesn't know about it yet. And that's becoming a habit. And we're, it's a wonderful time to just sort of clear the air and talk about life in the big city or life in Paris, which is even a bigger city. Awesome.
0: And tell me, is there a particular nugget you share that seems to connect and get retweeted uh, over and over again?
1: If you go to my Twitter feed, you'll see a bunch of them. Uh, but the one I just tweeted, which I think is going to be a pretty important one. If you don't give your children advice, you don't take yourself.
0: Oh, okay, that's a, that's a command. Okay. Don't give your children advice. You don't take yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just thinking, I keep telling my, now
1: Johnny, don't, don't poop on the new carpet. <laughs> but here's the deal. Make a friend. Uh, if you make a sale, you make a commission. You make a friend, you are in a fortune. Mm-hmm. And that has been a real lifelong retweetable for me. I'll tweet it out once a month or so, and I'll still get tons of response.
0: Awesome! And if folks want to learn more, get in touch. Where would you point Easy.
1: them? Go to Amazon to get the book. Just mm-hmm. go to Truthful Living, and it'll pop up. And uh, go to my website, gitomer.com, dot com, g i t o m e r. dot com, and listen to the podcast, Sell or Die, and you'll get all kinds of information on a daily basis for free.
0: Yeah. And thanks so much for the invitation. That's uh, very kind. We will reach,
1: my people will reach oh, out boy. to you. All right.
0: People. Wheeling and dealing.
1: Cool. <laughs> did,
0: right. did you have a final challenge or call to action you'd issue to folks seeking to be awesome at
1: their jobs? If you don't love it, make tomorrow your last day. Go find something you love and you'll make 10 times more money, even though you have to sacrifice something in order to make it happen.
0: Gotcha. Awesome. Thank you. Well, Jeffrey, this has been a treat. Uh, I wish you tons of luck and, and uh, your kingship of sales and with Truthful Living. A uh, pleasure for me. I enjoyed hearing how Jeffrey described this as a labor of love for him to craft this book and that he read Napoleon Hill's Think Could Grow Rich over 20 times, which is striking. And uh, what I got a real kick out of, I think, in particular, was the notion of enthusiasm you know, being something that... Is really important and worth working on because sometimes I I think when it comes to enthusiasm, you think, Hey, I'm feeling it or I'm not feeling it. End of story. But in fact, you know, there are some things you could do to actively encourage and to cultivate enthusiasm, whether that's laying out very clearly, you know, what is your dream, your goal, why you're doing the thing you're doing and seeing how it connects to that, whether that's just sort of asking yourself some questions like, What's going to be great? about this day or about this project, or about this this work event, that kind of situation. Some of it can seem kind of maybe almost cheesy or sort of too simplistic like, oh believe in yourself and you can do anything if you will. You know, but nonetheless, there's there's some real timeless and real true pieces to it because when you do do what you need to do to authentically and genuinely access some more enthusiasm, you naturally have some more energy and effort to put toward things and you get better results. So in, in fact, it, it truly does work. Even if it sounds hokey, uh, give some of that old-fashioned wisdom a try. I think that Napoleon Hills and the, and the Dale Carnegie's of the world you know, have a lot to offer us here now in 2018. So again, if you want to check out the show notes, the transcripts, the links to items we've referenced, it's over at com slash F356. And if you haven't already subscribed, I hope that you'll do. By the way, one easy way to do that on an iPhone is to say, Siri, subscribe to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast. And then she will. Alexa Cortana might be able to figure that out as well. I haven't quite tested it, but... Anyway, whatever works for you. uh, Push subscribe on on what works. I'd appreciate it. So you can never miss a guest like our next one. It's Hal Elrod. You may have heard of the miracle morning or some of the key habits associated with it. Well, Hal is unpacking, you know, what are some of the the finest morning rituals and routines of the most successful and time-tested things to do to make the day outstanding. Hope to catch you there. Peace.